everybody this is drew and it's blake and you're listening to the lock stock and two smoking controllers podcast Everybody, if you've been paying attention, you know what time it is. We have an episode ending in zero, so we have ourselves a uh, pretty awesome guest coming on with us today. So we're gonna uh, just jump over all the uh, internet present social media preamble, and we're gonna kind of get straight to it. And we're here with writer, director, producer Chad Crawford Kinkle. Hey, how's it going? Hey, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Listeners will be aware, uh, should be, should be somewhat aware, we uh, talked about one of his, one of Chad's movies earlier in the podcast, Jugface, and then uh, coincidentally, I, I think, I'm not sure when we watched Jugface, if we knew, if we knew Jeff, if we knew at the time that Jeff knew you, I don't know if, how it was connected, but we had talked about the movie and Jeff was... I think Jeff's like, you know, I'm the cinematographer on the movie or right? something like that. Yeah. Did Jeff, did Jeff do... <laughs> Did Jeff do work on Jugface? I don't remember. No, not on Jugface, but on Dementor. Dementor. Yeah. Okay. He's talking about me. We had talked about it, and he was like, "You know, I I know that guy, right?" And I was like, "Oh, we had no idea." You know, that <laughs> so it turned out to be a pretty cool connection we had. And he was able to trick you into coming on this podcast. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you? Uh, we've got Jeff. Are talking about Jeff? He worked with Jeff uh, quite a bit throughout your career here. Uh, it's on, a... on again, off again. When I was making Jugface, I didn't know Jeff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Katie, who yeah. was in Jugface, Katie Gershong, and she was in, you know, my short organ grinder. And so they were making movies together, and she just told me about him. And I never really met uh, him until I think after I made Jugface, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, we quickly became friends, and we're like reading each other's scripts for years, really. And then finally, um, when I got ready to make Dementor, I was I asked him to be the DP, and that was kind of our first project that we we're going to work uh, together on. And uh, I'm trying to think. And then yeah, then after that, we've done a couple of music videos together. And then uh, he's the, uh, the the DP on my latest feature that we just shot in Alaska. So yeah, so I have a little bit of history with him, but uh, yeah, yeah, post Jugface, you know, post Jugface. Mm-hmm. that's cool uh, i'm see. i'm seeing in the background of his picture i see we hadn't even really spoken about jug face but are those some of the jugs from jug face in the back yeah yeah I, actually for the listeners in the I'm in my here. office <laughs> i have a, a a big collection of uh face jugs just you know when i came up with the idea because i was like in this uh folk pottery museum in north georgia salty uh georgia uh that's where i saw you know face chucks for the first time and i just was like i just loved them because they were so grotesque and ugly and i immediately was like i have to buy one of these things will they sell me one out of this museum <laughs> and of course they they were going to do that but uh 
I just started collecting them. I started looking on eBay and finding them. And I read like two books, the main two books about face jugs, uh, the history of them. And uh, so then I became like familiar with the different major families and their sort of styles. And so as I was writing jug face, I was just buying, you know, face jugs all the time. And uh, yeah. So anyway, in my, on my shelves back there, there's uh, different ones from uh, that I bought. And also, in the corner there, there are the three jugs from uh, the movie. movie? That's uh, what Ada's. Yeah, Ada uh, is the middle. In the middle, the baby yeah. on the jug is really <laughs> weird. Uh, and then uh, Bodhi, you know, the the guy that she's supposed oh, to marry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think was it in, in the credits you hired a professional jug maker yeah. to jug to make those for you. How, how'd you go about finding that kind of person? Jason yeah, Malky. The, the internet, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. J- just I was looking at different makers, and I was trying to find a current potter who could, you know, do the faces for the movie because that's not really something that a normal face jug maker can do. They're more just yeah. these weird grotesque Abstract. faces. Yeah, not like really doing it to look like someone. And he's actually called the Yankee Potter, and he he actually lives up in Maine, I believe, or Boston, hmm. something like that. Anyway. And so, yeah, during making you know, writing, I was like talking with him uh, about it. But uh, yeah, we had we, he, he had to make the jugs, and he made two of of, of all of them. And I think he made three of Ada's jug because uh, we broke one like in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so he kept the other three for himself. Yeah, and he was really cool. But the, ever, the, sorry, has he ever done work for a movie before? Or is this like no. just an out of the blue request for him? Kind of that's kind of yeah. cool though. Yeah, completely out of the blue. He, uh, the the producer Andrew Vandenhouten, he actually flew him down while we were shooting because there's a scene like in the opening credits where Dewey is making the face jug on the the pottery wheel, and there would have been no way we could have done it. For one, it's hard to spin a pot, but but two, <laughs> this wheel was actually broken. It wasn't even a good pottery wheel that I had gotten. And so he, so he's actually Dewey's arms and hands uh, in, in the opening scene. Yeah. Which is really cool that he got to be in it yeah. and, co- and cool that Andrew uh, uh, Vandenhouten uh, flew him down for that. That, that was very cool. Cause when we showed up to set, I think I'd forgotten that he was even coming. And I don't know if I've ever seen a, a picture of him. And I remember <laughs> looking at him like, like who the hell is that this guy? Guy's, this is walking. This is, set. Yeah. This <laughs> random guy looking at me on the set. Like, well, you know, and then I was like, Oh, Jason, you know, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. I mean, my wife, I have a bunch of others by him. Uh, my wife actually uh, commissioned for one Christmas, this one jug and it's like a face with like, you know, the like in pain and then coming out of the head are three other smaller faces, you oh, know, wow. jugs, and they all kind of go into the main vessel. Wow. It's really cool looking, but uh, that's wild. Yeah. That's dope. It's, it's just, it sounds really cool. Yeah. Really grotesque. Very, uh, what I'm thinking of like Cronenbergian some body horror going on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So out, outside of the, um, the jugs themselves, where did you get the idea for the, uh, the creature itself that's in jug face? It's like the thing they worship. Yes. Well, like you don't, the, if you people don't see had, it, yeah. if people had seen it, yeah, you don't actually see it, which I'll, I'll talk about. I, I, 
we can go to that next. I love that you don't see it. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah. Sure. When I came up with the idea, I was like walking around that set, that museum the first mm-hmm. time I saw them. And um, I just envisioned in my mind this potter and he's down by a hole getting this clay out of the ground and he's hearing these whispers. It's like the the hole speaking to him. And in my mind, I saw that it was like a girl's face on the jug. And then I thought, oh crap, like that's someone that's supposed to be sacrificed. And that's kind of all I had. Oof. So the idea just basic of something's supposed to be sacrificed. It's always been going to be sacrificed to a God. Yeah. Right. And, um, so did I, did I miss, do they get the clay for the jugs from the hole in the movie? You don't, the movie? you don't see, you don't see that. that. Okay. You don't see that, but that was just, that was not where you your idea it. came from. It's, yeah. It's just not, it's not in the movie, but yeah. I think that's, that is where I guess he would have, I guess I should have had that in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we uh, time for a director's cut. <laughs> how many years later? 2013. Yeah, um, <laughs> it never, I guess it didn't really fit. Cause you never see Dewey. At the pit until until later, yeah, yeah. it would have been cool because he's already making the pot like possessed or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's a god, it's a you know something that I always thought didn't exist really in this world. It was in like a parallel dimension, mm-hmm. and I mean, to me, that's kind of like how I think about kind of all monsters. The ability for monsters to be in this world or that they aren't really here half the time. There, there's some they some kind of come through a portal or, or something like that. They're, they exist in another world that touches ours. And that's kind of always the thing that's made sense to me. So this group, you know, of people, they, they worship this thing that heals them. And uh, as long as they give it a sacrifice and, you know, it's just, you know, I grew up in the South, so it made yeah, perfect we, sense yeah, to me. We're, we're in Nashville. So yeah. oh, you are. Okay. That's where I live now. So. Oh, awesome. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it since we're already talking about it. When it comes to monsters, do you prefer like the monster to be revealed or to be like imaginary You're more along the lines that whatever a person can imagine is way worse than anything that can be revealed on screen mm. and like doing so because I, we, we know that in, uh, in jug face that we don't actually see it, but we do see through its eyes. I was wondering right. if, you know, we kind of already answered the question, but I'll ask it anyway. Was that like stylistic choice? or more of a budgetary constraint? Did you want to show it off if you could have? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe if we really had that type of budget, then maybe I would have uh, shown it. But the idea was always that the creature was kind of Lovecraftian. And I think, you know, the way those are described. Indescribable. Just, indescribable, indescribable, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and and really for the, the structure of the story, it, it wouldn't have worked anyway because... Uh, the point that you're you're seeing through its eyes, but Ada is seeing it, so she's being punished by having to watch the the monster kill her family and friends. Yeah. So it's part of the the structure of the story, and it just worked perfectly that way. A, we didn't have the budget for it, yeah. <laughs> and B, it works you know narratively for the you know the the the, the character and what yeah. what's happening to her. There's nothing that you could have showed us. I mean, what we see normally uh, is you see the aftermath of what it does. And so I think seeing the aftermath of what it does to people is way scarier than anything. Right. Whatever visual that creature could have been, even Lovecraftian. I think what we, right. the aftermath is so much more impre- impressive. Well, here's the thing is we did have a creature. We Not did really. have one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so the whole time I'm saying it's through the eyes, we don't need anything. 
the weekend before we're going to shoot, uh, the producer says, Hey, I have a surprise for you and shows me a photo of this crazy monster suit. Mm. And I was just like, what? And he's like, just try it. You know, maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my God. And so it, 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 it was a little bit of an issue, but, uh, was it not we, good? Is that what, why you're well, 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 like I said, it's not <laughs> part of the structure yeah. of the story. You're, it's not needed. It's not supposed to be needed, but we did actually shoot a bunch of it. And when she does, Ada does her, you know, flip outs and she's having the, the visions it's actually in there, like in, you know, very, uh, you know, diffused or whatever um okay. the images so so if you, there are moments where if you pause the movie you can see the the face of it okay yeah so so it's just like you know subliminal kind of in there which which mm -hmm. i love actually i yeah. think the fact that we had that to put in those visuals because you see a bunch of kind of stuff just doing this and that's its tentacles of the monster suit mm. you know in her trippy visuals so it, it it worked out pretty cool even though it was you know kind of sprung on me and wasn't really right for the movie. <laughs> At least you managed to use it. Uh, yeah, totally. Like, speaking of the main character, what's her, what's her name again? Ada. Ada. I like that you have a heroine for your, I guess she, she, she's not really a heroine, but she's a, a female lead, but she's really the cause of everything bad that happens. And I, I love that aspect of the story. The like antagonist as well as the You're supposed to like, at some point you feel like you're supposed to feel bad for her, but then you can't because she's why everything is happening. Right. Exactly. How, how, how uh, do you, how do you balance something kind of like that? How you're, you're kind of supposed to, I mean, you, yeah. do you want us to feel bad for That's kind of like that. Sometimes you're like, man sucks for her, but then like, then somebody gets murdered and you're like, well, you know, they wouldn't yeah. be dead if it wasn't for her. Exactly. Uh, I didn't even think about it, honestly. Um, yeah. The goal uh, and really the choice of Ada as the main character was because she was going to go through the most trauma through mm -hmm. the uh, story. And, you know, the, the audience is always tracking their emotions are tracking with the main character. So that I just wanted them to go through the ringer uh, the most and <laughs> By doing that, you know, she, they would be watching and, and rooting for at times Ada and other times having to think about exactly what you're thinking about and mm -hmm. what, what that actually means, you know. Because by the end, by the end, you know, I don't I mean, I didn't feel bad for her anymore. I felt bad for everybody around her because it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was like, like, I'm glad I'm not related to her. <laughs> We've spoken about Dewey. How did you get Sean Bridger? He like, was actually a pretty big pull. Yeah, for sure. Um, he had worked already with the producer, Andrew Van Houten, on The there Woman. And uh, most of the cast comes from contacts that through Andrew, the producer. And uh, Sean Bridgers, was he was the first actor to read the script. And he, like, loved it. And so that was, like, really good, you know, as mm -hmm. far as getting the movie made. Sure. And, of course, I was flipping out because I'm a huge uh, Deadwood fan. And he wanted to do either, yeah, Dewey or uh, the father, Sustin. And um, oh, I'm so glad he did oh, Dewey. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just like, yeah, it's you're definitely going to be Dewey, not Sustin. But because um. <laughs> throughout the entire movie, like he's immediately he's the one having the visions and making everything, but he's really the only true innocent. I felt kind of well, uh, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, in a way uh, of the group. <laughs> yeah, over the but 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 he still you know it's like in the story he hides the first jug because 
uh, it's a baby and he thinks that's weird or whatever. And uh, then it's so he, then he's kind of complicit with Ada later, you know, by yeah, true. Right. So I guess you can't feel bad for him if you don't feel bad for what she done the same thing. Yeah. And in yeah. the script, I mean, honestly, the script is even darker than the movie. That's usually like, like, <laughs> like the, the, yeah, the tone of it uh, was darker and, but really the actors as a group, like what you kind of learn is that they will bring something to the movie and they as a group couldn't go that dark, <laughs> you know, Not really. And, and just, just as a general, like how they're blending together as dark as I wanted. And there's actually a scene in the script that we shot where um, after Ada comes to visit Dwight and she's telling him about the dinner or whatever to come to it. He's so frustrated because he loves her that he like beats off to the music, you know, in his, uh, in his shack or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was, it was funny, really funny shooting it. Cause we, I kept letting him make, you know, the shot was going so long and he's like, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> but, My hands uh, get tired. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they, we ended up cutting it. Well, they ended up cutting it because they, he was like the only one in the movie that wasn't like, you know, tainted, you know, yeah, extremely. Kind of, he was, yeah, so like by having him doing that, it made it seem, seem dirtier. But I think, I think in, in the script, it works really well because it just shows the frustration that he has and how much he does love her or whatever mm -hmm. right off the bat in a very vis visceral way <laughs> he is probably what he has some of the he, he uh, his his comedic timing in some of these scenes i don't know if necessarily they're supposed to be funny i hope they were but yeah he yeah just, he was going for comedy you're going for comedy yeah. for well i mean i wrote it you know yeah, i yeah, wrote I those yeah. words yeah. but he of course he brought a lot to it like yeah. I, I remember the first time we did like a table read of it he he was so funny. I was surprised. I was like, "Oh man, he's gonna really bring more to." It. And so we had to cut him back like oh, crazy man. because of all the crazy funny stuff he was doing. It was like too funny. It was, but that would change the tone of the movie yeah. if he's too funny. Yeah, yeah, and but he is like Sean is like just one of those actors. Like he wasn't pretending to be Dewey. Like it, it was just another part of his personality that came out. So he could wow. be Dewey even the camera wasn't rolling and just interacting with the world or whatever we were doing right then. You oh, see what I'm saying? Where, where everyone else, you know, they're all good actors, but it's just not, he's just on a different level. And I yeah, think they did. would agree, agree to that as well. Yeah. He's just, he's just so good. When we got done, I said, if I could have an army of, uh, a Sean Bridgers, I would make like, you know, the best movie He'd ever the world. Know, for every, you know, role or whatever. Cause he's just, he's just that good. Yeah. But what's funny when he, when I first talked to him about the script, he actually had an idea like, cause you, I mean, you talk to everyone that's coming in as sort of a creative and he had an idea that he thought the script should be set. I forget what he's saying, like a post-apocalyptic world or something like the outside world was different. I forget what his idea was, but it was kind of crazy. I was like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I don't think we all of us can pull that off or get the budget for that one. Or yeah. Or just like that was the twist, you know? Oh, and I was like, yeah. no, it's cool that it's like now, but they yeah. somehow still exist, you know, because, you know, obviously from it does. people Tennessee. like that. I mean, we're from far West Tennessee, uh, you know, where like Martin Dresden Union city is. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. That's we're originally from Union City, and so there's okay. a lot of small 
yeah totally towns <laughs> that are literally like just a street but they have a, a post office and a church and that's the town exactly and and i'm up, i'm from a small town as well so i know people you know like that still so we we drive every time we go home we drive through them go to our <laughs> mom's house uh, i've asked this question once or twice but it's a good question at least to a couple of different things what movie inspired you what movie did you first see you realize i could you know i can do this too or you want to do this yeah maybe the, <laughs> uh, i can uh, do this is a strong statement you, what made you think you could you know want to do this yeah no movies i didn't think i could do it i, d- I didn't know how movies were made growing up um you know small southern town this is pre-internet i thought movies were made in hollywood i didn't i love them i love horror movies you know oh, yeah. and uh I even had a VHS camcorder uh, that I would make uh, home movies with. With if, if you get the uh, Arrow release of uh, Dementor, it has mm-hmm. I have a, a six minute cut of a bunch of shorts that I did in high school, like terrible wow. things. Uh, with with huh? it, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're cool. It's, it's yeah. funny. It's all that matters. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're ridiculous and stupid, but I mean, what, what do you expect? But. Um, and so I had no idea. I was just like an art kid and loved horror and loved dark stuff. And I mean, you know, my bookshelf had horror books on it and everything. And so I just was pointed in that direction. And so then when I went to art college, like the Savannah College of Art and Design, the way they do the dorm system is it's like all, not all ages, but kind of. And so I had a a roommate who was like a senior and he had been in the film program. Maybe he wasn't a senior, but he wasn't a freshman. And he, I, he, I just watched his project, and I, and it looked just like my crappy stuff from high school. And I was like, "Oh my god, I can learn how to make movies here." I was already kind of doing that. Like, are you like? I didn't even know that existed there. I thought I was going to be painting or doing three D or whatever the hell I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. So, so then it wasn't. So then. I just want to make horror movies, but uh, I've always been kind of maybe too artsy fartsy. <laughs> and so a lot of the stuff I kind of emulated in the beginning was definitely like David Lynch all the way or just, you know, heavy, heavy Lynch. Yeah. Or just, you know, heavy surrealism, uh, which I wish in the beginning, I wish I had like stuck to the fundamentals of uh, narrative and really learned that before I went off on these tangents and I kind of, well, I kind of basically in school was, you know, this impressionistic, you know, surrealist kind of films. And then when I started writing screenplays, I learned, Oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to tell a story for <laughs> long. I got to figure out what traditional narrative is first and then deviate from that. And I wrote different scripts and, and jug face is really one of the results of that me trying to harness myself into doing telling a good story you know mm-hmm. a, pro- a proper three-act structure story and uh and it's what's weird is after jug face every script has gotten wilder <laughs> kind of wilder and you know and then really you hit kind of dementor you know that then you come up with that kind of structure mm-hmm. and so now i'm kind of working my way back into a more formal uh structure and uh the the alaska movie that i shot is closer to jack face and structure but not quite there that's that's and, almost and pr- it's almost exactly this i was talking to jeff the other night it's almost exactly the same thing he said to me when he all worked on because what's i forget what the movie's called have you is it is it actually named yet or is that, is that a place it, he told me there's, he told me there's, a name 
Yeah, I mean, right now it's called the Sea Folk. They could change, probably. I, I, yeah, who knows what it'll be. Uh, yeah, he said it kind of. He said he said it kind of leans more into the storytelling mm-hmm. structure of. That's what we, yeah, y'all said. He said the exact same thing. It's weird. Yeah, because <laughs> you know I've been writing for so long. It's just I've gone through these phases, and <laughs> people, it's weird the movies that I have made, and and where they've been, and you know people think, oh, he just writes you know, female characters. It just happens that those other scripts that have gotten made, you know, mm-hmm. I have plenty of characters, ma- main characters that are men. And we, so it's, it's just funny. So you have, so sorry, we didn't look at everything. Do you have scripts that were made that aren't of the movies no. that we know right here? Mm-mm. No, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Just in okay. between those movies that I was trying to get made. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, you know, that this died for chance. whatever reason. Yeah. Well, you never know. Yeah, Okay. You got some stuff because we we can move into D- Dementor a bit. Oh, just, well, this is kind of like well, out of nowhere. Just kind of thought of this because he was talking about how much you love horror. What are your top three horror antagonists? Antagonists. Uh, like for me, I'll let you think. I'll give you mine okay. so you can see where I'm at. Uh, number one, hands down, is uh, Doug Bradley's uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser. Oh yeah, sure. I, I love it. And then it's uh, John Kramer from the Saw series, preferably Saw one okay. through four. Because he's, he's, he does Torben Bell's a fantastic. And then three, I kind of toss back and forth, but I, I tend to land on the uh, the puppets from the Puppet Masters because they're both oh. good and bad, and they kind of fluctuate depending on which movie you're watching, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. You got you got your top three? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I was a kid of the 80s, mm-hmm. so I watched just a bunch of stuff. And, the more off the wall, the better. If I know about well, it, I mean, to watch it. I mean, something would be like, of course, you know, of course, being a kid in the 80s, like you kind of fell into certain camps. And I was definitely the Freddy camp, mm-hmm. you know, it's just love Freddy. And then, of course, uh, Leatherface, you know, my, probably my favorite. Fun. But one of my dearest, most favorite is Red Dew from the subspecies uh, mm. series, you know, oh, Full Moon. Big, I, I'm, I haven't seen that. I've seen the first. It's been a minute since I've seen it. I've oh, seen the man. first one. I, I love I, I'll tell you a story about that. But you know what the guy yeah. looks like, Radu? Like the oh, yeah. he's got I like don't real he's got yeah. real crazy uh face structure, just naturally. This this okay. actor, the guy who plays it. And um so I've seen all those movies growing, you know, growing up and I was in um, Prague after school for for a while backpacking and we went to the Karlova Very Film Festival. And uh, we went to see this movie called The Idiots by Lars von Trier. It was, you know, I don't think it wasn't premiering, but it was, you know, playing at this festival. And The Idiots is about um, a group of adults who pretend to have disabilities and live in this house. And <laughs> and it's, it's a really wild movie. And the crazy thing was like, it was shot like it's very, I got a lot of inspiration for Dementor from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's shot like, you know, like a documentary kind of. And uh, there's even like the, a full on sex scene where they shot like, you know, use pornos, porn stars. Wow. So it's like real sex. And it's like, you know, and uh, I think at the time I'd been partying a lot, too. So I was kind of frazzled. But uh, and, and it was in Danish, I guess. And so there weren't subtitles. So we were wearing headphones and, and someone working at the festival was, was like translating live. Wow. So it just created, it was so weird. I was like, at times I was like, is this fucking real? Like, you know, (laughs) and, and and so what, but what broke it was 
in the story, there's a girl in the house. Her father comes to get her out and the actor got out and I just recognized his face structure. I was like, oh shit, that's Radu. <laughs> it was the actor that plays Radu. And I was like, okay, this is this is fake. This is not real. <laughs> you know? I'm definitely dreaming right now. It, it, that up. was really funny. But and I had a similar experience with, with uh, Gunnar Hansen too, where of course I didn't know what he looked like. And I knew that he was going to be at a, a horror convention uh, that F- Fangoria would throw yeah, in Brooklyn. All over the place. Yeah. When I lived up, up there and uh, I walked in and I looked at this old guy that had a beard, didn't recognize his face. And then I looked at his forearms and I recognized his forearms. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know you. Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, that's him." Leather, that's leather face. That's awesome. That's it's the weird things that stick out in your mind or certain. Matter of fact, I do that a lot, especially with people in in makeup. I did that tonight. We were watching uh, Witcher, and I recognized yeah, the Witcher TV show. Yeah, and I recognized mm-hmm. the actor under all the prosthesis and everything. I saw in his eyes and his eyebrows. So I was like, "Wait a minute, I totally know that actor." And then at the end of the oh, thing, cool. he gets. He gets, like, yeah, he gets those curse lifted. Exactly, he was right. He was being the what's his name, Tormund Giants Bane from Game of Thrones. I was like, I totally knew that uh, was him. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. He had a full. I don't know if you watched the Witcher show. But yeah, I did. Full, I liked yeah, it. Uh, season two, episode one. Mm-hmm. He had the whole tusk, the whole the whole get up. And oh yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't recognize him, but he somehow saw it in his. He said I saw his eyes. It's in the eyes and the eyebrow. I guess mm-hmm. his facial structure. I just I could tell. Yeah, it's, right. It's pretty. It's pretty it's cool. Weird. I've done that a bunch. Or record, just straight up recognize a voice when someone's completely covered in head to toe. You're like, I watch too many movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you say you want to hop in. We, we, we can bounce around. We can do some uh, Dementor stuff for sure. Yeah. Dementor. I keep, I keep. Is it think er it's, or it's or? Er, but I've said okay. er, saying er, or. I've been corrected. Uh, er, oh. er. Yeah. Yeah. I keep saying like Dementor is the, from um, like Harry Potter. Exactly. <laughs> Dementor. I knew, I knew that was going to happen. I was just like, God damn it. But I'm sorry. The, the way I, I came gonna... up with the title, um, my mom would say things about me like, you know, Chad, he's always, he's just a little demented or whatever. And so I was just thinking about titles. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked up Dementor, uh, the definition was like a person that causes problems for people. And I don't know, it just fit the movie so perfectly. I was like, that's going to be the name. It's, that's one of the hardest things is naming something. You can have the whole thing written, but then a name you're like, I don't know what to call this. Yeah, I mean, I just like weird names. So jug face is, you know, of course, strange. Yeah. So it's a face jug just reversed, but <laughs> just to make <laughs> it, pops, it sound creepy. It, it pops though. Which yeah, which people hate it, or they think it. They think of someone with a jug in their head, and you know, immediately, or they think of. I get the Archie character. I would say Archie and Jughead. <laughs> oh, I, I get that all the time <laughs> the thing is i didn't even think of that once uh, yeah just well it's people when they try to remember the name it just doesn't come to them and then they think of the archie character and they say that jughead and i'm like no it's jug face but well, at least they're not like oh jarhead that movie <laughs> yeah no I, that war movie i've got i get that too oh good lord <laughs> <laughs> no i wish that the movie made a, it was a good movie but no <sighs> again kind of like Jug phase, how did you come along writing and getting into dementia? I know there's some, uh, we can, as much as you want to, I know there's personal, seems like there's personal stuff in Dementor related oh, to yeah, sure. act- actual family and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, and I had my family's in Jug Face. Oh, really? 
and my sister's actually in Jug Face. Um, oh, she's in like a wide shot in the woods when they're all going to like, the like pit. One when the whole whole family's there. Yeah, yeah, she's she's there in in those shots. Um, and my mom is my aunt, uncle, uh, cousins. Dang. You gotta um, pay your family. My when dad. They show up. <laughs> well, it was like I thought it'd be a cool thing, uh, you know, to yeah. have your family there, but it turned out it was like the worst. <laughs> it's not because of them. It's because I have so much to think about already that. Oh yeah. When you add on, you're worried about your family being taken care of because because they were there for like all day and night. And oh man. I was telling them that they were going to be gone by one o'clock and they didn't leave till 6 a.m. Oh, and we were, there's no place for them to be, but in their cars. And it's like really cold that night. Yeah. And it was oh, just wow. nerve wracking. And I said to myself, the country. Yeah. We've I heard, said, we've heard, you heard it on, like we heard it on other podcasts with other people that talk about like, it's like actors and stuff. They said they always think when they're a young actor, it's really, really cool to bring your, bring your family to the set. And then once they get there, they're like, Oh, this is insanely, it's like boring. And there's like it's nothing boring. to do. And like mm-hmm. you're the family member that you're there with is obvious. Like you were, you're very busy. And like, there's just a lot of stuff going on that like, like they all, I don't want to call it a mistake to bring your family, but they like, they do it the one time. And like they said, the family never asks to come again. Right. So then I <laughs> said, I'll never do that again. And then I go yeah. and I make a movie with my sister. Yeah, in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the majority of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, she's in, yeah. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah. So the idea, I mean, I just was, I'd always want to do a movie with my sister, uh, even from film school. And I just like, didn't want to do something to make people feel sorry for, you know, that type of documentary or whatever, you know, I just not just to not make it the point of the movie. Right. Right. I just, what just never felt right. And, uh, I was at Sundance one year and I was watching the movie, the tribe, and it's like set in a uh, school for the deaf and it's all non-actors and it's no subtitles and it's like a really amazing film. And once I saw that environment, I just was like, oh, my sister's center, her house. Like that's a really interesting place that people have never seen before. I could do that. And um, at the time um, I had just moved to LA and uh, was there only a year and then moved back to, back to Tennessee and uh, was not in good shape <laughs> as far as like how I felt about uh, filmmaking and going forward. And I just needed after about six months, I was like, I'd have to have another movie, whatever it is. What can I do myself? And uh, I think once once I was at Sundance and I'd watched that movie, I was like, oh, hell, like, yeah, well, what kind of movie could I make with my sister? And I was like, Oh damn, like a horror movie with my sister. Like, Whoa, like that just felt like it had energy to it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even think I even, I think I've mentioned, actually I told Larry Fezden just, I had this idea about it. You know, when I got back and he, Larry was like, that sounds amazing. You should do it. And I'm like, okay. Sign me you up. Know? <laughs> yeah. And then I just started telling him, a couple of different people like i told lucky mckee about wanting to do the movie and he was like that sounds beautiful man you should do it and i was like so i was you know no one was saying don't do it idea <laughs> yeah and but i did tell my mom about it and she was like oh i just had a, mo- a dream about you making a movie about your sister or something like that and she seemed cool with it Weird. until later i came and said i'm gonna do that i'm gonna write the script and she looked at me kind of like a little bit scared <laughs> And I think what it was, she wasn't scared about me using her in a movie. Yeah. She was scared about my sister ruining the movie I was trying to make. 
<laughs> because my sister is just, you know, she's really low functioning. She has Down syndrome and she's very low functioning. Like, you know, they categorize her as like a, uh, the mind of a, a four-year-old, even though it's way more complex than that, but oh, functioning yeah, like is, that, yeah. that's the amount of like, care that she needs. And, um, so of course, so in my sister's very stubborn, very difficult to deal with in, in any occasion. And so she was worried about that, but, uh, but yeah, I just was like, okay, I'm gonna write this script, but she can't be the main character because like I said, I can't get her to do that much, you know? And I was like, I have to have another character. So I was like, okay, who would be the closest person to her, um, in the story? And I was like, oh, it'd be an aide. And I was like, okay, cool. Then I, and I, I don't even know how I came up with it, but I was like, yeah, okay. This person shows up and they really want to help. And they want to get a job there. They want to turn their, their life around. I think, and, and but then I, then I started just thinking about it. I was like, oh, but this person, there's something really wrong with them. Like <laughs> something bad happened to them in, the back, in their background. And every time they go someplace to take care of someone, the devil show up. And it's about try, you know, her trying to protect this person. I was like, cool, perfect, perfect kind of like scenario for the story. And uh, then I was like, okay, I need an actress, you know, local. And Katie was like, you know, this is when I'm just thinking up the idea. I just asked Katie, I was like, Hey, would you want to be in this movie and be the lead? And she was like, of course. And I'm, you know, I don't even have a script yet. And I, and I think I pitched it with like an up ending, which the <laughs> oh, movie doesn't, doesn't end like does that. Not end on up no, no. And uh, <laughs> so, so she agreed to, it and I was like, okay, cool. I got the main actress. And then I was like, Jeff, Jeff could be the DP. And, you know, I've known him a while and, you know, he'd done Tennessee Gothic. And so I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. I could work with him. Cause we just really get along. We always have. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and really, I mean, Jeff and I, I didn't know then, but we just have like, I don't know, the perfect dynamic on set together. That's quite hard to find. Yeah. I mean, it's really like, we just feed off each other. And it's just, I, I feel like we, we can do anything really when we're, you know, so anyway, it was really cool to, to do the movie with him, but then I was like, okay, I got to write this script and we're going to be shooting in like a month or two months or whatever. And which is really not enough time to write a script, but <laughs> I knew with this one, it was gonna, I shouldn't, that it was going to be loosely structured and that I was going to be writing scenes that I knew I was just going to be getting a version of what I wanted. Like the main points would have to come across, but I wasn't going to be like, okay, it has to be this line, you know, particularly when Katie's with, you know, people that have disabilities. So, and I knew my sister, as far as like what she would do, like the different actions that I could get her to do, you know, and I knew I was like, oh, she was probably going to cry at different points. And, and she did, you know, and twice in the movie because, because it's not, and it's not because she's uh, upset really. It's that every time we have a holiday event, she cries to get attention. And it's, it's like clockwork. And we're like, Stephanie, you know, like chill out and she'll start laughing about it. I mean, she's like such a master manipulator. It's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I had all that going for me and, um, then before I started writing the script, I, I was like, oh, we'll have to get permission to shoot in these places where the movie's not going to mm-hmm. work. I have to have permission for the center, her home, you know, and things like that. And everybody was just no one. Nobody said no about anything. 
point. <laughs> and of course, it's my it's, it's my hometown. My mom yeah. is is a known person at, at the center. She's been on the board for years. And so they knew, and I made junk face. They knew I wasn't going to just, you know, I wasn't just showing up to be exploitive. Yeah. You know, they Nobody could was, tell. Did people know the the subject matter of the movie? Well, they knew it was going to be a horror movie and I kind of pitched it like what it was going to be. And uh, they were like, oh, this sounds great. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'll send you a script in a month or whatever. And I did. And they read it and they were fine with it, you know? So I made it because they, they, th they knew that I was going to just show them in their glory and not. Um, yeah. yeah. You weren't, you weren't exploitative. Like you said. Oh, yeah, exactly. And of course it's my sister. We're making so fun of like, them and shit. Yeah. So yeah like I mean, that. it's. So we're watching it when you watch it. The other people in the in the center, they're nobody's actors. Don't seem like no, no. The, the yeah. only person that's an actor is Katie, and then Larry, yeah. and then there's one guy, uh, Scott Hodges, who is the guy at the meat place. Yeah, because the other when I was watching the other caretaker lady, well, I don't mm -hmm. know her name, Brandy. Her name is Brandy. Watching her, I was like, I'm watching it, and we're we're, we're watching. I was like, I don't. I don't think she's acting. Like, this seems legit. I don't think she. I think she works <laughs> here. Like I don't know. We didn't know the, the how you how you made the movie. I was like, I don't think she just don't seem like she's acting. She's like just being a person. I was like, right. you can kind of tell. Like I mean, I know if you pay attention, folks. Some folks don't pay attention. I was just like, this is. I started to yeah. wonder. I was like, is Katie the only actor in this movie? Like, what is yeah what's going on? It's kind of it's it's a it's a weird. It, I don't know if it's a weird it, feeling. It's just like you it, can kind of yeah. It is. It, it and I think that's one of the strong points in the movie that, that I didn't anticipate mm -hmm. is that the audience recognizes that Katie is not, shouldn't be there. Like she's yeah. an actress, right? She's not supposed to be there in this real world where all these people are interacting. Mm -hmm. And that just adds to that, the element in the story of she's a bad person. Something else is going on with this character. It just ramps it up in a really unique way that, that I didn't think, didn't know was going to be there. Yeah. It's like cool that prickly feeling in the back of your neck. Where the whole time yeah. you're watching it, you're like, something's off. This one of yeah, these yeah, things I, is not like the other. This shouldn't be here because you're constantly well, we, kind of yeah, you on. We only, we only mm -hmm. knew, we only knew, we, we know, we don't, we don't know, no, Katie. We we met her at the uh, a couple times, a couple of times at the Tennessee Gothic premiere and stuff. But uh, it was just like she was like the only face of the movie that we knew as well. Right. So it was just like it's like this. Weird, I don't know. It's hard to explain. If people, if you hadn't seen the movie, it's kind of kind of hard to explain the feeling when you're watching it when you yeah see her when you see her interact with other people and you're just like I don't I don't know. You, but you you made it so you know my brother understands. It's just a strange feeling you get when you're watching it. It feels it's neat when you think about it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. but you know, I cast Katie too, because I knew she's like such a sweet person. Mm -hmm. I knew that she was going to be, uh, really great with the clients, my sister and everyone there. And, uh, you know, and I fe felt like she did like a just tremendous job, you know, blending in. Uh, I had someone say, oh, you need to put a big act, you know, a bigger actress in that position. And I was just like, no, there's no way. Oh, I need great. I need someone that I know and understand and understands this and someone's local and uh yeah she she didn't she did great as you put someone kind of big there's a big chance they could be a diva and that would be well yeah that we, we need to be... no complications exactly. no, a tiny crew everyone that went pretty much I knew already and they were all really good people because I just couldn't bring anybody with any sort of attitude you know into that scenario it just yeah. would rumble it's a balance and, and, of emotions you yeah and it's, it's like my family it's like i'm just bringing people into my home practically you know because yeah. it's my hometown i know everyone 
uh, my sister and all that. I can't so. have you making me look bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you can't. I would, I would take it. It's worse than offensive, you know, to, to you know, be rude to someone's family, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I kind of felt about it. So, yeah. Over the last I don't know, decade or so, we've had a much higher increase in normalizing of uh, challenged individuals like of late like the only three i can think of off the top of my head is uh what uh the ringer then there's still a strange comedy still a strange comedy but it was more real they weren't exactly being exploitative they were showing as real people and then there was uh like the big one that came out was the was it peanut butter falcon with shia labeouf mm-hmm. and then more recently there was a um a sex comedy road trip called come as you are where it's okay. three guys on their way to a, a brothel that specializes in like disabled and handicapped people. And it was a sex comedy. <laughs> if I watch that. Wow. <laughs> just, um, yeah. How do you feel about, you know, it being more normalized nowadays? I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's funny for me to say this, but like, of course, as a kid, I was frustrated with the fact that any shows that had someone that had downs in it, uh, they were always so high functioning and my sister wasn't, it was a complete opposite. And that, that just kind of rubbed me wrong. But of course I know that there's a technical reason because of that. Like you can't make a movie with people that are not going to do what you need them to do. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's just not going to work. So it's a, it's a real practical reason why they're not, you know, it's not more exposure, I suppose, but yeah, I mean, it's great to have more people like that in movies, but, um, I don't know. It's it's like I didn't make this movie. That, make a that was yeah. I wasn't trying to make a statement with it. Uh, I was just trying to show the people I know and show the you know as they are, and do that. You know, it would it be better to see more people with the disabilities and you know more movies and stuff. And yeah, sure, but I don't know. I, I it, it wasn't that wasn't why I was doing it. You know, it was really like. I wanted to have this experience, this creative experience of making a movie with my sister, first and foremost. And I wanted to show her and her friends exactly how they are mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what the world thought about it. They would think about it. I didn't, really ca- I didn't really care, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and the, but the reaction, it's been, it's been kind of, kind of strange, really. There, of course, were people that said, oh, this is great, the way you're showing them. It's really unique. People who understood. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like other people, because of what I'd done, wouldn't say anything about the movie. Like, I got a lot of praise, but privately. Well, does like they want to bring it up? Like it's a big yeah, yeah. secret or something? Well, no, they would be, they were worried of any kind of a backlash uh, that being associated with such a, oh, you God. know, kind of out there, you know, concept <laughs> of a guy making a horror movie with his Down syndrome sister, regardless of how it's thought of. But it that was very strange. And really festivals treated me the same way. They were very much scared to program it. And which I think is is like just a factor of current day festival goers, the oh, fact that, uh, that the, the internet exists and at, you know within a moment their festival can be hit up for you know someone being upset about something offensive and bring all kinds of negative attention. That's just kind of the world we're on. So the festivals really 
you, if you go back, you know, whatever, 15 years ago, yeah. I feel like Dementor would just done gangbusters. Everyone would have wanted it because it's like the type of movie that, that festival Doesn't people go to see yeah. are these that's, really that's weird I movies, ask. Isn't right? it the kind of thing, like it's the perfect kind of thing for a festival? It, it, yeah, but, it but is. You said times are different, I guess. Times are different. And you know, like I said, the festivals are scared of real controversial things. And and then this is, of course, it, it is. It makes people uncomfortable to see people but with Down syndrome so, in close-ups. Like, you know. Yeah, but the festival, fo- festival, the people who pick the movies, they watch it first, right? Like your, your movie mm-hmm. is not, your movie's not controversial, really. Did they, <laughs> they would watch it and still wouldn't want you to bring it to their festivals? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you're not, you're not, I don't know. I, I know you're a heavy sign, like you don't understand the situation. Like, it just seems strange to watch it and, and still be, when you watch the movie, like, you're not going to be, I mean, we weren't, obviously weren't offended, but like, it's not that kind of movie. Like, I think you would want to show something like that. I mean, if it was yeah. my festival, I would have showed, obviously, but. Right. But, but, uh, th- but if you think about it from like a commercial sort of standpoint, like, you know, yeah. they would be like, no, that's too dangerous. You know, I don't care if it if he did it, did it well, a good job with it. It's just you just not even going to touch it. it. Yeah, right. Good job. We, we loved it. it. We're not going to show it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was totally like that. Um, yeah. But you know, yeah. fe- in festivals too, they there's limited slots because they're yeah. programming uh, stuff that is already bought and sort of um, you know they need butts in the seat and so they're you know they're filming they're screening stuff that that it's not even really getting into the festival it's it's already has distribution Mm -hmm. and they're and they're just you know playing the game that they have to play to get these movies to bring people in you know so there's even fewer slots you know it's just it's just kind of kind of how it is but um you're yes if you were expecting were you expecting that kind of reaction or or did it take you take you by surprise no, I was very surprised. Like Lucky McKee and I had many conversations about the surprise about how it was received by festivals for sure. Mm. I mean, it, you know, and it, the festivals that did run it, you know, took mm-hmm. some balls, you know, to show it for sure. Because <laughs> I showed it one time actually at the Knoxville Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is an awesome film, film festival, horror film festival. And um, we, after it was it was really great because there's a tiny theater and it was like really loud and i think the movies before had been really fun horror movies you know oh boy (laughs) and yeah this is like a sobering like what the hell is just is happening here yeah and oh man people were were so uncomfortable they were like leaving the uh, theater like getting up slamming their chairs i've never done coming back in later and uh there was this filmmaker who was speaking <laughs> to me beforehand that that was the first time i'd ever met them and uh i thought the conversation was great and you know very, they were very supportive once before, before they the saw lights it. yeah <laughs> once the lights came up i looked over at the filmmaker and it looked like they looked at me like they were about to cry like i had beaten them somehow does that i mean you kind of want a reaction right i mean that's oh yeah not not what you're going you don't want tears in the eyes at the end or yeah i do but it was just surprising when that pert that person never spoke to me again and still hasn't (laughs) yeah it still hasn't yeah wow um lord yeah but i mean you know and like another person in that theater was like their their voice was quivering when they were asking me a question wow 
like yeah it, cool. it, it, yeah i mean i mean that's, that that's raw emotions cool man yeah i mean I, that's what i want i mean i'm i'm not doing it to to not necessarily be nice i'm doing it to uh give you an emotional experience that that you know you're not yeah. ready for and, i know we, i know we, i know that. we keep uh jeff keep bringing jeff up remember he talked about when he showed um what's his second movie uh, oh, oh, Measure of Sin. Like uh-huh. the difference, like he when he showed Measure of Sin, which is a really somber movie, he was ready to show something like Tennessee Gothic that had comedy, so he could actually go and have a happy, re- happy reaction from his movies. <laughs> he could have people cheer or whatever. Yeah, yeah people just... cheering and laughing, such a different vibe. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah. laughing about that. Uh, yeah. I wonder, uh, being the somber things. I wonder if we're Jeff told me to ask you, of course, about the cat. Yeah. So I know oh, you, probably, yeah. you know that's probably coming. We I wonder if the cat the cat probably uh hits a lot of people in a weird way in I, that movie. I think the cat was the the deal breaker for many. Uh <laughs> I think they were like on the edge with most of the movie, and then the cat scene happened, they're just like, no, forget it. Which I which I think is silly, but some people are just super sensitive like that. And mm-hmm. it's not real, obviously. Yeah, not really hurting the cat, but uh yeah. Yeah, it was strange because I was like, man, how am I going to do this like dead cat thing? Uh, I need bones. And I was like, I'll just use chicken bones or something, whatever. And I'm in the building that my family owns. It's like a the, the building's over 100 years old. It was like the first co-op in Lincoln County, the town where I grew up. And uh, But now it's like my family's business, plumbing electrical, like wholesale business. And I'm sitting there, standing there saying I need like a dead cat. Or whatever and the guy that works there he's like oh there's one right below your feet and i'm like what he's like yeah underneath the you know the crawl space which is like not even a crawl space and because there's like in that area there's all kinds of cats and just stray mm-hmm. animals yeah. and all kinds of craziness i mean even in like uh one part of the building they're pulling up some boards and they found wedged in two you know beams they found a cat skeleton and a dog skeleton like where the dog had chased it in and they both had died. In stuck. It. Yeah. I mean, this is a very, very old building. And yeah. actually behind that building used to be where they would like auction off all the animals. And then just across the street was the slot, the slaughterhouse. Oof. Yeah. So we used to have some like insane rats that would run around this building, but, uh, but it, and trucks and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously crazy rats, but, uh, but anyway, so I went underneath, the building in for, since the nineties, when that, that addition had been built on someone went down there and saw it was, it was a dead cat and they just left it, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. So the cat was just laying there completely preserved in a way it was, it was just, its skin was just paper and on the bones that were perfect, you know, just laying perfect. And so I got it and stuck it in the bag and, and we took it to the set or whatever, and we needed to like and we Look broke at this it. In awesome half. prop I found. Yeah, I was like, well, how good does this look? It looks freaking great. I was like, well, this is the thing we're gonna burn. And uh so Jeff and I are out there and we're like, we like break it because it's not all gonna fit in this like little Weber uh grill yeah. that we got. Yeah. But we but we needed to. And um what was so wild is that when we started burning it, it smelled like like something I've never smelled my before. My brain immediately went wrong, danger, <laughs> like run. Everyone just left, and it was just Jeff and I out there. And I was just like, "Why does it smell like this? it's just like paper now?" 
Well, there's nothing there. It's just like paper. Burning some cat spirit or something. I was like, I was like, don't ever burn a mummy because that's probably really oh, bad. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was yeah. like so shocking because I mean, I think if you had like a, a real just an animal that just died and you started burning it, it wouldn't smell like that. It was like just so weird. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so yeah, I we can't, used can't that, imagine mm-hmm. use that little cat. The cat did did really well. But did anybody um, else it, have to? Did, did anybody else have to touch it or anything? Did Katie? It was just, just Jeff and I out there. Okay. Like, Katie <laughs> had to get her hands on it. No, then we put it in the plate, and then you know we're sliding across the floor in the kitchen, doing stuff like that for that sandwich. Is funny, but uh, yeah. Then, then of course there's animals in the movie. There's there's the cat that's actually there that she supposedly you know the kills. Secret you know rescued you rescued yeah of course so like the rescue place that's the humane society as well in the town and my mom was on the board or had been uh, as well and there's actually kennels out there that have my name on it you know my, my parents donated money to to you know build it yes so anyway that's how i got into there and uh and i knew that was of course going to be a hard yeah, we're not actually going to hurt it yeah and <laughs> so anyway that prop. And so I was like, I was like oh, we need a cat to, you know, kind of take with us or whatever. And that was a cat. I forgot what his, his name was. It's in the credits. But it was like, it was basically the cat that lived at the shelter and had been there for 10 years. It's like had been hit by a car and they had spent like $3,000 to get it like, you know, repaired or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And of course, no one's ever going to like buy that. You know, they can't sell it. So he just became the cat that hangs out. And he was like really chill when he just kind of whined a little bit in the car but it was like he just couldn't could care less i actually had to cut out his purring like when she brings him into the house the cat was like purring like crazy and so i took it out and you know gave it the little bitty cries that it would do in the car you know because you know cats don't like riding cars but um yeah but we had like a, a vet um local vet be on the set for that and everything done you know of course we're not do anything but you know just yeah, you, know, hurt the you cat, never yeah. know nowadays people hopefully don't. folks didn't think you actually hurt a cat for the movie jesus no no of course not but um i could see it was great it was effective hurt, though yeah, yeah. yeah now people yeah many people on twitter at least you know the ones <laughs> that would talk about it would definitely say that was the moment they gave up yeah wow. <laughs> we never watch anything anything movie because we i don't like the uh People promote a movie like oh, people were walking out, people were throwing up. It's too, it's the goriest thing you've ever seen. That never, that never really. I, I, I know that's it's, just, it's just publicity. It's never true. It's never yeah. true. I'm, also, that, I'm too desensitized. Though I have been in the theater where people have thrown up. Um, oh, well, we were in it one time, but it wasn't related to the what it related to the movie. We saw. Oh, really? It was Angels and Demons. Probably Angels and Demons forever ago. I don't know why we, I don't, not even our style of movie. I don't know why we were there, but somebody got up behind us and was like walking out, but we were like the front seats and they, we heard them walk behind us and go, just like spewed behind us. I was like, okay. Not related to that movie at all. When I was, I'm going to say, I've had the privilege of working at a movie theater. So I've been to clean up puke as well as uh, other bodily fluids because people are animals. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, i think during requiem for a dream in new york so i watched a girl throw up uh, during that because it's kind okay. of flashy it, it, because know? when the person was doing like the the heroin I, or something. I don't remember exactly when but yeah she threw up and then this is not a throw up thing but um uh, at sundance one year i was watching uh the raid two 
oh, in this gigantic theater that has the biggest screen of any theater I've ever been. In. I think it's an 800 seat theater and it's massive crap. screen. And during it, a person actually had like a seizure, like yeah. a straight up seizure. And you can imagine why it's so flashy and it's yeah. so big. Yeah. But both those movies are so amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love the ending <laughs> of the of that when he that dude just beating the crap out of both of them and he's got like a light bulb in the neck and he's been he's just beating the ever loving snot out of them. One of the trivia things about the raid too, there's like a scene where it's like a fight scene kind of like in a van. It was like a I don't it was not even that long in the movie, three minutes. But that was uh they took I think fifteen days to shoot that that or it was 17 and that was the entire entire length that i had to make jug face they had time for one scene <laughs> that's just the difference in movies it's crazy yeah yeah we had just talked about um we talked about what was that uh army of darkness yeah so much stuff in that movie and that, yeah. and that was like a hundred plus days wow we talked we, we talked we have, we have our that's other podcast we do we actually do his other podcast with, with jeff's brother steve which is ironically a movie podcast, but we don't really do get we, we haven't really done guests on that podcast, so that's why you're not on that one. But uh, oh, okay. but he did uh, get, we're getting off topic here, but that's fine. It did it. One thing they did was crazy. They couldn't get the Evil Dead footage for when the car falls into the past. Yeah, like Universal owned it, so they spent like we said eighteen thousand dollars, thousand dollars, and an entire day trying to rig and reshoot that. And, oh, then what, wow. and then by the end of the by the end of that day or whatever, they had got the rights back. So they just flushed eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> on the toilet. I was like, can you imagine just doing that for a whole day and throwing that money away and then getting oh. the? I mean, if somebody got back. That's just one end. small piece of that crazy, yeah. crazy movie. Anyway, fun stories. <laughs> yeah. Always crazy stuff. Uh, let's see. We're a little, you, um, I think we're a little over an hour. You, oh, yeah. I was going to say, have you had any like issues? Because uh, I don't really know. Are either of these gone through the uh, the rating bureau, the rating board? Jugface did. Um, and yeah, I got a R rating and they they thought it was awesome. Like they sent back and said something very positive about oh, it. Really? Because like usually. <laughs> yeah. This is the type of movies that I really, really like. Or it was something very, something like that. It was really funny. That's like the uh, first time I've ever heard anyone have something yeah. positive to say about the ratings board because usually they hate them. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Jack Pace is obviously dark. I don't. Yeah, that's and we didn't uh, do the ratings. I was going to ask for, if you had any uh, problems with like censorship or having to recut or edit anything due to mm -hmm. them, but no, I guess but, not. <laughs> but okay, so you guys did watch Organ Grinder off of YouTube? Yes, yeah, we just did. watched. Just that. Okay, okay, YouTube. okay. Well, that was censored. <laughs> On YouTube, that that one is no. Uh, so basically, oh. um, we had distribution for Jugface, and they were going to release Organ Grinder as like a teaser for you know, like a special from, feature, right? No, 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 not even just just online before the movie is going to oh, okay. drop. Hmm. And um, it turned out that the uh, distributor didn't want this last shot in it, and at the time, I didn't know that they had cut it. And uh, so then it got ended up getting released without the shot. And, you know, I was pretty irked that that it hadn't. So it's missing. Actually, it's missing the best shot of the whole movie. So if you if you have a, a Jug Face Blu-ray original, it has the entire uh, actual short because you know how it ends and he's just screaming. looking, looking yeah, at yeah. the yeah bloody. You no, know, there's a full on severed penis shot. That's amazing. Oh, I mean, man. full on. 
like more than a what's it called a teeth or whatever oh yeah teeth <laughs> yeah no this is this is gnarly this is completely yeah. full-on everything and it's yeah. it's great oh man i know it's like yeah it softens the youtube version yeah, yeah it softens it so much but mm. that uh that that idea um yeah I had uh, written uh, a graphic novel that had come out in 2009 and worked with an artist out of Memphis at the time, this guy, Adam Shaw. And in his studio, he had like uh, on the wall, this, this huge, beautiful charcoal drawing of this couple laying in bed and the guy is laying there like, you know, with a sheet on him kind of asleep and she's kind of curled, curled up next to him. And I looked at it and I thought, what, what's happened here? And in my mind, I was like, oh, she just screwed a demon out of him. How <laughs> <laughs> things just come to you. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, and then later I was like, okay, this is what the short's going to be about. This girl with the ability to, to do that. But when it, when it happens, it, it mutilates their genitalia because, you know, she prevents them from be- becoming murderous or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, but so, they so the peep. yeah. And so basically I was like, I need a short. And I want to have Jugface written because I had written a script called Fruit Farm, and uh, it had it was actually a feature script that that turned out to be crappy, <laughs> you know. And I like pared it down to like about a forty five minute piece, and I ended up winning a a competition, a screenwriting competition, and it was actually at the Erie Horror Film Festival. Now, the wild thing is, I went up there for the award ceremony, and guess who else was there? Jeff was there. Jeff Wedding and wow. Katie. Small, small world, huh? Yeah, with he had a short that he did. I forgot what it's called on 16. Was that and a, his, his short had won. Gracie or something? Was that Gracie? Yeah, I guess it was, yeah. Might so he Gracie. was he was getting, so he was there in the theater when I was there, and I didn't know either of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I hadn't made, you know, Oregon Grand. I didn't know Katie yet. Yeah. And um, so then I came back from there and I was like, okay, I need a script and a short. And so the short will show how that I can direct. And then, you know, the script, because mm-hmm. I figured then I was like, okay, now I know like what kind of script, what level of script can go far in a, in, in a competition. And uh, so I set off to write Jugface. And uh, yeah, once I'd written it, I was like, okay, I, I don't know if this is going to win anything, but it's going to be a finalist and I can show it to an investor and say, look, I have this script. It's a finalist. And now here's my short. So I wrote this short and then I'd spent like three months doing pre-production, like getting the demon worm made or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so to pick up the, the demon worm, I was like, well, well, and then, then it turned out that I was becoming a finalist in slam dances, uh, screenwriting competition. And when I made like the top 30 something, I was like, so stoked. Couldn't believe it. Cause it's a really big festival. And I was like, man, I can't believe I've, you know, gotten to there. So great. And then somehow I made the top 12 and I was wow. just like, holy crap. And since I hadn't made the top 12, I could go to their award ceremony, which is at the writers Guild of America building in Los Angeles. And so I was like, cool, I'm just going to go and like hang out and see some of my friends that live in LA. And then I started thinking, well, hell, why can't I make the top three? And it was funny. I just like envisioned myself refreshing the page on my phone and my name being there. And it like happened. And I was like, oh, crap, like I'm on the top three. And so I was already going. And uh, so anyway, so I went out there and uh, 
I don't know why I'm telling the story, but <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Yeah, But so I get out there and one of my writer buddies, uh, actually Gary Doberman, he's writing, he wrote on it and he's doing, I think the Salem's Lot remake. Oh, wow. oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he's a real, real horror guy mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood. It, it, like, yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff, but um, he was with me and um, I was like nervous as hell. Oh, yeah. And they, for some reason, they were like, they were just letting, like, going to have a happy hour before the award ceremony. So I was like drinking like crazy. And uh, during that time, the, the judges were coming up to me and they were like, Chad, I just want to tell you, I loved your script. It's really cool. And, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I kept thinking they were telling me that because I was like the token kind of freak because I had like, uh, Talk, talk to the other writers and they told me their ideas and they were both commercial. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, mine is like not at all. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm totally there. Just like, you know, good job. Glad you come. Um, yeah, yeah, pat on the back, you know. And uh, they started. And the weird thing was like, I, I don't know why the, in my mind, why they were doing the horror last. Like they did like the drama before. And I was just already confused because I assumed that the the grand prize was going to the drama because it always does yeah, or a comedy or something, mm-hmm. but they ended up doing the horror category last. And so, I mean, my heart is like pounding. I don't feel like my legs are going to work. I'm just standing there looking psycho. And uh, <laughs> they announced like the third place is this other you know person. And then they're like, second place is whoever, you know, and then, then my, Gary tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, man, you did it. And I was like, holy crap. And what was wild yeah, is what? <laughs> right in, in, in that moment when they said my name uh, that has won, you know, the horror category and clapping, people looked around. And when they looked around, they looked at me totally different. I had been in the room with them for like an hour yeah, and a half. It's like a, but, but yeah. their eyes, they looked at me in a completely different way. It was like so surreal. So, so I walk exist, up there, I, guess, I, guess. I, I walk up there and I'm like, you know, give me the envelope. I just want to go sit down or whatever. And uh, sheesh, he's sheesh. like, he's like, uh, Chad, can you just stand here for one second? And I'm like, cause I'm just standing with my hand out. <laughs> and he's like, and I, and I also want to <laughs> announce the grand prize winner. And that is, is jug face. And that was the first time ever for like a horror screenplay in their wow. competition. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I won the horror category in the grand prize. And and that it was, Can't imagine I mean, it was like feeling. rip. It ripped my head off. Like it was so wild. And then it was great because they actually had people already talking to to get it made. And they asked me, they but they, they didn't want me to direct. Oh, they wow. wanted me because the investors wanted to get a seasoned director for a cheap yeah. movie, which makes like no sense. And at the time, I was reading a book called um, oh, oh, Shock Value. I don't know if you've ever read that. Mm-mm. It's a great uh, history of horror movies. And uh, and I was reading about, you know, um, Carpenter and different people um, and just, just how they were, you know, directing their own uh, first movies. And basically on the, on the plane coming home, I said, there's no way I'm not directing this movie. And those investors pulled out. And then they had a hard time trying to find other money because of uh, the incest in, in the script. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, the next week I was just like, and, the, and while I was on that trip, 
out there, I was getting, this is why I remember this, this short organ grinder, the demon worm that I had (laughs) made was made by a a effects studio in Los Angeles. And I had to go pick it up like in the middle of the night. Uh, And this guy, uh, his name is Eric Porn. uh, So it's an easy name to remember, but cool guy, Mm -hmm. effects guy. And the tail is from, um, is it this, is it subspecies or no species? It's the, it's, it's the female character in that, the monster. Oh, Eve, uh, yeah, Eve, but um, yeah, I think Eve. Yeah, yeah. No, so Eve's part, her name in the second one, but still. Part of her tail I have in my demon worm. He just reused it because it articulates, because that's why oh, I that's awesome. It. Yeah, but the funny thing was, so I had this black thing that's about two feet long and huge with pulleys on it, and I'm, it's in my luggage. <laughs> and the funny thing was, going through the airport, at that time you had to send your bag, and there was someone standing right there about to watch the x-ray. And I go, it's going to look funny, but don't worry. And she just like, looked at me like, okay. <laughs> you like to anyway. say a demon worm. Right. Demon worm, don't worry about it. Right. So so, so I had planned the script, you know, write, write the script. And then I then I didn't know I was going to win Slam Dance because then everyone started, uh, you know, taking my call at least and reading the script in Hollywood. And then I had already had pre-production going. It was going to be making the short the very next weekend. In the week leading up to it, I ended up uh, calling up or writing the uh, Andrew Vandenhouten, the who ended up producing the movie that week. Uh, and so it all just came together. So I won in October and in the end of November, Andrew said, okay, we're going to, I was done with a short, showed it to him and he said, okay, we're going to make the movie in April. And so it was really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which which that never happens. That's not how movies yeah. are made. <laughs> but movies usually take, usually take forever. For forever, and they're yeah. full of strife and just craziness. And that was just mm-hmm. like a it was insane. And then of course we came back the next year with the movie made to premiere at Slam Dance, uh, which was wild. So it was cool. Crazy. It's pretty epic. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. It was, it was wild. Yeah. Well, it like you almost you almost should have had a, like a a mini documentary to attach to that Blu-ray or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think there is a little bit. There's a, little a there, there's a documentary. Maybe yeah. not all that that I just told you, but just about the making of the movie on the the Jugface Blu-ray. There, yeah, we wanted was, to buy. So. We're we're uh we're too cheap to I don't know because it, it's a region region B Blu-rays. Oh, okay. And I told Jeff, I told Jeff, he was like, just buy a player. I'm like, man, I don't want to buy a, no, no offense to you. I, was, I don't know if I want to buy a Blu-ray, like a region free Blu-ray player for one, like for like two movies. And he was like, oh, I get you. You know, I was like, well, we there's want, lots we, of other movies that you can get though. Well, so the whole you go, aren't, aren't, aren't Xboxes supposed to be region free? Some, I don't know. Just depends. You we can set some... some, some of them you can set once or twice and then go back to your normal region. Mm. Like I know the PlayStation works like that. Because um, yeah. I know I've watched a few. I wanted to buy it because like, I got the links. Like when, as soon as you announced the special edition, like Jeff sent me the links. I was like, oh mm-hmm. sweet. And I was like, Region B. Oh man, what's going on okay. with this? Our, our Dementor, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, Dementor had a Dementor has joke. The Dementor set Jug has Jug face yeah. in it. Yeah. But wanted, it, it wanted, doesn't. Wanted, it doesn't have that documentary. That's the uh, okay. U.S. release of the uh, uh, Blu-ray when it came out. That that has organ grinder on it too. The full version and a documentary and uh, yeah, the movie. Because is it there's a US release of Dementor? No, no, Jugface. Sorry, oh, okay. Jugface, so yes. I, I looked, 
high and low to find something we wanted to buy it you know yeah there's no, there's not one yet but yeah. hopefully hopefully that'll change yeah well, well as much was going this i don't know this is boring stuff but what made you go i mean i, I know arrow's very very popular and a big a big deal what made you go with arrow because you're an Amer- american they're, like they're like a a european thing ain't they yeah um you're an american let's see filmmaker. yeah it, but it, I mean, it's I, long I, and complicated and boring no gotta, no we're it's interested. We're interested in it. I don't know if anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> now that that deal happened because they had contacted me because they're they were launch, going to launch their their streaming service and they wanted content for it, and so they were going to put Jugface on there, and so they asked me to do a bunch of uh, like extra videos. So I did a bunch of cool videos. Like I did one that's just a tour around my office of my face jugs and who made them and stuff, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And so I'd done all did these like. Did that streaming service ever launch? Yeah. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Arrow player. Yeah. It's great. The Dementors on there. It's, we got to get, we got to get on that. It's cheap. It's, 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 it's phenomenal. Actually. It's great. Yeah. We got to get on there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> and, and those extras are on there. Um, okay. Some of them, and then some of the Dementor, but not all the Dementor extras are on there. But uh, so I had a relationship with them from that, and I think they just asked me one day what's going on. I said, "Oh, well, my movie just got picked up. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Dementor." And the main girl was like, "Oh, I, I know the poster." And basically, when I did the the festival run i made a poster of just like the, the symbol and blood kind of dripping yeah. oh you, you made the poster that's probably the poster uh-huh. right there yeah yeah i made that and uh she, so it stuck in her brain which was great and i was like hey you know <laughs> would you guys want to uh you know possibly think about dementor and they're like yeah we'll talk to dark star who's my uh u.s distributor and it just, you know, the deal ended up working out and I was super pumped because uh, it's a great Blu-ray with a ton of features. I worked for months actually uh, getting all the the interviews uh, done and you know, I edited the audio for that. And then I did I did a full documentary. I did the shorts thing. I put my shorts from college on there. I did all kinds of extras for it. Uh, and they, want, they were just, want to see all that stuff. they were yeah. great. They were great yeah. to work with. They were, they were so fantastic. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's huge. I, I love Arrow and uh, yeah. well, we're well, yeah, we're familiar, obviously. I got a couple yeah. of their still books and stuff. Yeah, we're still book collectors. And Jeff, I don't know if you've ever seen his office, but he has like the hugest Arrow collection ever. And he flipped <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, when I told him, so uh, very yeah. cool. It's pretty dope because if you can see behind Drew and his photo, immediately it's all video well, that's games. Video, that's video games behind me. Right. Oh, I see. Books. Yeah, it's yeah. a magnet wall. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I think actually the Arrow deal didn't do me favors in the U.S. Though, <laughs> you know, when you go when you go with competing service, uh, you know, it tends to diminish what you know the value yeah. that people see in your movie. Oh, like you chose the bill for us. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, um, it, but they they loved it and were there from the beginning so there was no way i was turning down a, a deal with arrow for sure yeah we uh we ended up forget where we watched jug face it's streaming somewhere Did it's back on it? shutter at least it, might, it may have been shutter we watched it on and then dementor i mean <laughs> we ended up the only way i was able to find dementor was um i think i rented it on google or something okay yeah yeah so that's, yeah. that's the way we that's way we got it we got our we got our hands on hands on that but yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to have it as, as a hard copy i'm a big yeah, fan no, of physical I, media he's a, he, he has a huge movie collection i'm still working on it so 
<laughs> whenever it, whenever it, if it ever, whenever it happens, just holler at us. We'll be first in line for a pre-order of anything we can do. Because nice. I think I'm sitting at like, oh, I had to actually get an app so I could keep track of how many movies and stuff I own because I had actually gone through and double bought a couple of things and realized I was wasting money. <laughs> I think my okay. My my not counting my DVDs, just my Blu-rays. I have nine hundred and eleven. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Like where like where are they? Do you, how do you have them stored? I, or... ha- I have them on shelves, uh, but it's all the way in my in my actual bedroom. But I have okay. their shelves like your bookshelves. Yeah, you nice. can ask uh, nice. ask Jeff about them. He's 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 been here. He came to our he came uh, it's my house. So Jeff came to our house for me. So Jeff got to see it, dig through it, and he's seen it that's cool that's yeah, awesome yeah and then yeah. like i said a second ago i have still books and i've i think last time i did the math 43 and a half percent of my collection has been converted to still books yeah what that's just it looks cool and we got a yeah. uh, we found a guy who makes custom custom still books and in hindsight not in hindsight thinking of it right now we did it for jeff It'd be fun to do for your movies as well just, just saying we got a custom still book made of of uh tennessee gothic we, we did custom art and stuff on it there's a guy wow. who just, a guy who just makes them and wow. you know he's we got two cop we, we got we got one for us and we got one to uh we gave one to jeff and we got it in the mail yeah it was for him to have something just That's so cool just, it, I don't know, it it's was, one of those things cool knowing that there's only two of those in yeah, the we ain't got entire it. We, world we ain't got it. I, right. do, I do let me go grab it from my room he's got his cool. so chit chat for a second i'll be right back with sure you. Yeah, I've kind of like I'm full of so movies, bad. and I don't have any in my office. You can see my books, but books stuff, I have yeah. a bunch of DVDs, and I have more collect. But it's stuff full. I literally don't have another slot, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to figure out something. My wife has made me keep all my stuff in one room. <laughs> And so I'm having issues with that at the moment. We're able to convert the, we have a, a garage we converted into a living space for him. So he got to have this whole, the whole, the nice. whole wall is just yeah. gels of just so many, so many movies. If you can look, this is another visual thing for the, the listeners. That's really <laughs> love, but uh, yeah, yeah, back on okay. my back wall, I have a couple of three uh, frame things that you can see. I see Suspiria. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, that's a Jeff story. Um, that mm-hmm. Suspiria poster yeah. is from uh, Italy where uh, Dar- Dario Argenta has a um, store called Profondo Rosso there. And uh, which I had been to years ago, and uh, he happened to be there on Halloween where Argento was doing a signing, and and he signs and Jeff, I didn't know this was happening, but Jeff came to sign one for me that said to Chad, and so I was so I just thought it was so amazing. We know Argento hurt, hurt we hurt Jeff, but we haven't dug, we haven't dug way deep into Argento's movies. We need to. It's like a blind spot for us. We know it's one of his yeah. one of his favorite directors of all me time. Too. Favorite. Yeah. So anyway, so he, he brought that back for me. Yeah. I thought it's like one of the nicest thing that someone's never done for me, but mm-hmm. I got it framed. And then next to that is you see it's a sketch drawing. Yeah, I see it. And, yeah. and that actually Clive Barker drew that. No um, what? Yeah. In the nineties and the when he was coming out with sacrament book, he was in Nashville actually at this store called, I think it was called Davis kid. And uh, he was doing a book signing. And so me and my two friends went and we were wound all the way up on this second story uh, steps. 
and I was looking down at him signing books and some guy uh, put down a leather jacket and I watched Clive Barker sketch out pinhead and silver marker on the back of a leather jacket. No way. Yes. And I was like, that's amazing. I turned to my friends. I was like, go find us paper, right? Find now. Any, anything. Find any, something. And they came back with a sketch pad. And so I, and I walked up to him and I said, you know, what I, here's my book. Uh, would you mind drawing me a, a picture? And he's like, of course not. And he starts drawing, you know, this face and he's drawing it in black. And I'm just standing there looking at him really stupid. Drooling and, a little bit. Drooling. Yeah. And then he puts down the black marker and he reaches for the, the silver or it's like a gold marker. And, and it just hit me. I was like, oh my God, he cares. He's going to shade. And he like, does the shading. And like, I was like so dumbfounded. It was just magical. Yeah, we, and so he drew a, a, a picture for both of my friends as well that we all have, you know, hanging in our house. Blake would die to, to meet. I, I love Clive Barker. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I, I actually, um, after Jug Face, I ended up pitching for one of the Books of Blood stories oh, yeah. at, at his house, and uh, which was really cool. So I got to go through a bunch of his art and just be in his house. He has two houses. Yeah. And um, I came up with a really cool idea for a story called In the Flesh, which is like a story set in a prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of the movies from the Books of Blood ever came out. They They courted a bunch of filmmakers and had people come up with proposals and we had a contract to go out with it but it basically said that at any point they could pull the project even if it was going into produ- production yeah. so at the but time it did come out did it uh, no books of blood was announced on hulu or something well okay so that's a tv that's that would have been different rights this okay. is like for the okay. film versions of okay. those, those um, stories so i think he was just trying to find a way to you know cash in on those and uh ended up yeah those got bought as a tv thing but i'd come up with this amazing lookbook and breakdown of the story and how to translate it that he had signed off on you know and this so i, I love the experience of going there and seeing all the cool stuff in his house oh. and everything but um yeah it's, it's incredible i was a little heartbroken that I, definitely heartbroken that i couldn't make that movie yeah well, I mean, going to his houses. I mean, that's that's a still yeah. a big deal. That's cool. The, the closest so cool. thing to something cool like that that I've done was to I, I think I got to meet briefly James Obar, the guy who created the crow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man, yeah, I'm yeah, a huge yeah, crow yeah, fan. That was pretty yeah, dope. Yeah, we, we met him. Yeah. That's awesome. my youth. I got to meet and shake his hand, talk for a little bit. Was a uh, Jason David Frank the. Power Ranger, <laughs> the oh. white Power Ranger. That's something from my. He's, he's not horror, but yeah. But I got that's to meet fine. James Obar. That was that's probably yeah, the James Obar closest yeah. thing to that I got. Yeah. I'm a huge Crow fan. Like I was a senior in high school, and that came out. And in the small town where I grew up, the the guy who owns the theater, he let me and my and three of my friends have a private screening after the other screenings, the opening night. It was cool. It just it just like sits in my brain. It's such oh, a cool a movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah, it, it gets a little overhyped because all those gothy emo kids. Kind of worried about the, <laughs> right. Kind of worried about the remake coming out if they if they ever make it. I'm iffy about it. Uh, uh I mean, you never know. I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. I mean, it's it's one of those sad things where like, uh, Brandon Lee was like the perfect crow. Like, I just can't imagine anyone being any better than that. He just embodied it perfectly. Aren't they trying Jason Momoa or something? <laughs> No, 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 no. I think it's it, filled through now. No, it's the guy. Through? It's the this the the um the it clown guy. 
Um, oh, Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, right. he's he's yeah, going to be in it. it it'll so probably they, be good. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Rocks, but, man. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, there are just certain people that they play a role so well you can't imagine anyone else in it. And Jason, mm-hmm. and, yeah, uh, Brandon Lee was like that. That's kind of where we've been with uh back on Clive with Doug Bradley and Pinhead. We've been through a couple of different Pinheads now. I don't yeah, know if you've, I don't know if you've kept up with the, with the more recent ones. I, I've heard about it, but I haven't. I, haven't, I don't have well, Hulu, so I'm missing all these movies. Oh, well, there was well, there was two in between. There was there oh, okay. was movies that were made that like Doug Bradley turned down. Judgment right. and Revelation. Yeah, we okay. only watched one of them, but that's a bit. You know, you kind of like you don't really think like do I, do I want to see somebody that's not Doug Bradley being Pinhead? Turns out in yeah. the first in that first movie we watched, no, you don't. It was awful. It was really bad. He mm-hmm. turned it down because I think he had said that they didn't respect his the... exact words to them were, do you guys take this serious at all? Yeah. And that's not <laughs> something you want to hear someone say after they've read your script. Yeah. Right, and you're a fan. Right. Of them. The, more, the more recent, well, most recent one, we, we watched it a few weeks ago. I think this one is actually, a, like, I think Clive actually approved he's, of this he's, one. He's giving it. But they had a, a, a fee, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jamie mm-hmm. Clayton. Jamie Clayton right. do it. And right. if you have, I need to tell you, you haven't seen it, but if you watch it, she does a, it's not the same, but it's, I mean, she does, she definitely tells she cares the way nice, she's doing nice. it. Nice, That's great. Yeah, uh, her is good. Yeah. Uh, so I want to, like, you want to show him one, one more, one more visual thing for him. Yeah. So, uh, and then I want to ask about the last movie. What's the sure. dude's name? Alberto Verona. Alberto Verona out of Spain. Yeah, he's all the way in Spain. So if you oh, can see yeah. it. Yeah. And we did excellent work on, like, the spine. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we and he also he does an amazing matte cool. finish. So all this is textured. Yeah, feel to it. Cool. And then one cool thing we did a hundred percent for Jeff. Yeah. Now we made Jeff cry. No, I don't care. <laughs> and we didn't mean to. But unfortunately, he's, he's a, he's a if you you know you know Jeff well enough, he uh, lost his dog oh, during the yeah. making, and so we did we immortalized it in the That's in the incredible. movie. Yeah, and, you know that dog is in Dementor. He's the dog that's barking. Oh, he is? Yeah, that then the weird flashback stuff of the dog like barking and like biting. Uh it's it's yeah, it's it's that same dog. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah, we shot that as at his house. We just did it as house because I was yeah. like, we need to get because I wanted a dog in the back of a truck and, and following it. And he's like, dude, my dog is like way too big. <laughs> so dog. can we just get something at the house? And yeah, we, we ended up getting some good um uh shots. That's awesome, actually. Uh, yeah. So I guess the, the last thing we can do if we let you go is uh, however much you want to say, but you have already filmed. I think I don't know how, I don't know how much is done, but you have filmed another movie. And where you I don't know what the the process the exact process is. Jeff, I think Jeff told me you're still working on edits and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what can you really say about the? I know we. Uh, he did edit. He well, he talked about it. you went up to Alaska, which is re- which is really cool. He was I saw all the pictures of y'all in Alaska and stuff, and mm-hmm. so I don't know what uh, as much as you want to talk about for a movie that ain't out yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, all I can say really is that yeah, it's a folk horror thing set in Alaska, um, and yeah, we've shot ninety percent of it. We've got a little bit more to go. I mean, I've been editing on it since then, but yeah. Can't say anything else about it other than something's coming. So <laughs> that's that's fine. That's pretty. Exciting. And it yeah. may be titled the Sea Folk. Maybe, maybe titled the Sea Folk. Yeah. Maybe titled the Sea Folk. Maybe because I don't want to spoil it for fans and get you in any trouble for talking about it. But Jeff did give us a we cut like out of- the intro. Hey, we will cut it out if yeah. 
but he said that it's like based around a, a tunnel that can be taken. It's the only way to get in and out of a town or something like that. that yeah. Well, that's just a, a aspect of the town that it shot in. Uh, oh, that had nothing to do with the movie. I thought that was like a mm-hmm. plot nah. point or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> we had to shoot in it, which was like a really hard, but uh, yeah, no, kind it, of it, does, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really play into it. Thankfully right. I did not write this story around it. Or it had been a complete nightmare to make. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine besides it being, you know, negative 20 degrees most days. It was 30 something. Oh, uh, really? It was snowing. It was 20 sometimes. I mean, it was cold, but it wasn't like. Because getting based off strictly the social media stuff where uh, Aaron, Jeff's wife and uh, mm-hmm. Katie just sharing a bunch of photos of them drinking on icebergs. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely Alaska. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. All right. Well, do you got anything else um, you want to do? Right, this is. Uh, to avoid, I don't think I have anything. I'm glad I didn't ask some of these questions because it let me sound stupid in retrospect. So I'm glad <laughs> about that. Yeah, we're not well, professional interviewers. Far from that's it. That's all right. That's a, hopefully I yeah, added, you know, you know, added you know, something you know, to make it interesting. Yeah, you done played around in Hollywood, so I'm sure we sound retarded. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> now, I got to ask. Um, sure. We've did one last thing. How how jealous is Jeff of you having having worked with Larry Fessenden so many times? Do you ever like just brag about it to him? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm I'm sure he's a little jealous. Uh, but he did work with him on Dementor, so you know, yeah, he, he, he gets one one notch in his belt. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I wanted uh, Larry for my recent movie too, but he was uh couldn't work with the dates. And he hates to fly too. So the idea of him flying to Alaska was a little stretch. Mm-hmm. He really hates to fly. We've um, seen him but, in a couple of things. And he does. Yeah, he's he's a hell of an actor. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's another one of my favorite things from Jug Face and just in general, just being a, a good friend and like mentor, I guess, um, since then. Cause you know, I, I, when I went to my master's um, after my undergrad, I went to school in New York and the way I went to that school was that I was in, when I was saying, telling you I was in Europe for that festival, during that time we were in Budapest and I was just in like a hostel drinking in the basement. And I was telling this guy, yeah, I want to study horror movies and get my master's. And he was like, oh man, you should go to the new school in New York. It's like part of Parsons. And he's like, and they have a teacher there who teaches, uh, you know, classes, you know, all these classes on horror movies. And I was like, fuck that sounds great i'm gonna go there <laughs> so i came back to the states and like applied and ended up getting in and that that professor's name was john freitas he was like a ghost writer and a bunch of stuff and then you know the remake of sisters with douglas buck is the, the director you know what? Mm, you should check it out that. anyway he wrote that movie with with, with him but anyway, uh, John really um, introduced me to all things Larry Fesden and was a huge fan of him. And so, mm-hmm. like, I was just so into him uh, that when I got the email from Andrew Van Houten about, hey, what about Larry Fesden for, you know, uh, the father role, Sustin? I was just like, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was yes. like, oh, my God, this would be amazing. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool because, like, when we were shooting Jug Face, he, he was like the fatherly figure for me. And when he was about to leave, like when his days were up, it would timed out on a day that we were off. So he came over to the house and 
we talked about books and went out and ate and just talked about horror movies and and it's just a cool guy. It's like, you know, they say you never want to meet your heroes or whatever, but because they turn out to be total dickheads. But uh uh not not Larry. Larry's just been the best the whole time. And uh so it's it's super cool. So yeah, I'm sure Jeff is seething. Totally, is yeah. if he's gonna listen to this, he's he's definitely seething over he that. He ain't listening to any other any other episode of this podcast. He might listen to yours, who knows? Yeah, I'm sure he would. Maybe. <laughs> wouldn't because we are a video game uh podcast right uh, and speaking of larry fessenden he did make a, a couple of games actually yeah. mm-hmm. do you have you played any of those uh I, I played the one that was on the playstation vr headset oh the rush of blood maybe yeah it was like the shoot one the he, carnival he wrote, one yeah he wrote yeah that's 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 a that's a, that's a, a kind of like a offshoot maybe we're not mm-hmm. a whole video game thing because i think he wrote until yeah, dawn. He's, he wrote he's like until dawn he's yeah. in it too that that game yeah, i'm yeah. talking about but yeah until dawn yeah until play dawn. those i play games all the time but i don't play that one it's funny because i was like oh, we, we talked about larry pheasant and he's in all uh-huh. your movies and uh-huh. at least two of them two yeah, of them, yeah. definitely with bringing it up right. yeah very good all good to me. I think we're all good. As long, yeah. I guess we're gonna uh, we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, okay. Thank you for thank you for doing this for us. It's uh, been really cool. It's like not not often for like us to like ever like watch a movie and then then you talk to somebody and they're like, yeah, I could you can, I you could up. talk to him. And I was like, oh shit, really? You know, so it's, <laughs> it's really cool to watch your movie and then talk to the person who made the movie because we don't we're just regular guys. We don't get, ever get to really do that. So it's I, we really I'm, appreciate I'm you just, coming on here for. I'm just a regular guy too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah you kind of. <laughs> That's what you, you are. People, people forget. Like, what? <laughs> you eat food just like us and you sleep? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Sometimes not when you're chewing nicotine gum, I guess. Exactly. I'm just a normal guy that needs coffee and nicotine to make it through the day. All right. Well, I guess with that, well, uh, I'm going to let you go. And again, uh, let let us know. Uh, we're here through Jeff. When everything in the next film is, is up, up and running and going. Cool. We want to know. We want. We want the links and everything we can to. We'll push it all through here. We're going to buy it ourselves. We'll do everything we can to help. You awesome. know, obviously, of course. So, and for the one after that, you know, whenever you Keep put on. your Kickstarter up or your GoFundMe, let us know. We'll definitely donate to that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you. It was all nice to meet you. Later, you. Man. All right, man. Later. Bye.